Well, hey there, Hershey Free Church. I'm glad we're able to tune in and, and have this service together. Uh, my name is Nick Schatz. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, today I'm going to be reading a couple of paragraphs from Philippians chapter 2. Our church has been studying through that letter over the course of the summer, and i got to tell you, uh, one of these paragraphs has just been really challenging and really inspiring to me, and hopefully it'll be the same for you. But before we jump into that, a couple of pictures that I want to show you. So this is a picture of me back when I was in college before my receding hairline really got out of hand. Uh, this is my girlfriend at the time. Her name is Anna. That's, she's my wife now. And uh, this is my buddy Reed. I'm going to talk about him a little bit and his girlfriend at the time, who uh, is now his wife as well, uh, which for the record, I think I had a significant role to play in making that happen. Just want to state that for the record, but this is my friend Reed. And so we were, uh, we were really good buddies in college and became, uh, developed a really strong friendship together. And if, if you had met us when we were freshmen, this is our senior year, I think. If you had met us as freshmen and interviewed us separately, you would have said, you know what, these two guys are never going to be friends. They are so different in every way. Reed is uh, very outgoing. He's very uh, social, very much an uh, extrovert, makes friends very easily and has a lot of friendships. And, and I was sort of the opposite. I was a little more reserved. Uh, I still am more introverted. And so I obviously have friends, but, but less friendships than that and, and less capacity to be around people and more of a bookworm. Uh, Reed's more of a, a risk taker and he, he will get an idea and, and the next day he'll be running at it. And uh, I'm a little more calculated. I like to have a plan A and a plan B. And, you know, at the end of the day, let's just go with plan C because it's more realistic anyway. So that's just kind of part of my personality. Um, overall, I think we were really good for each other. Uh, Reed really kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. He uh, really inspired me to get into some environments that uh, I really was able to grow as a leader and, and as a person. So that was really exciting for me. I think I was able to slow down Reed a little bit and, and keep him grounded and, and kind of pull him back from some of his ideas and, and cause him to slow down and smell the roses and meet uh, people like, like this person right here who he eventually married. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun times together. Here's another picture of us just kind of being goofy. Uh, but, you know, we had a really special friendship together. And I tell you, we, we, were, we were there for each other. I could, I could share story after story of things that, that we did where we just dropped everything at the drop of a hat and went and, and helped each other with various things. And we spent much, a lot of time uh, praying together and talking together. And we cried together a few times. We laughed together. We hung out together. We, we, we did stuff together. And, and this guy right here, all through college and, and a couple of years after, he would have, at the drop of a hat, uh, he would have linked arms with me, forgotten whatever he was doing. And he, he would have charged the gates of hell with a squirt gun with me if I said that, hey, I really need your help to do this. He would have done that for me. Uh, he was just a really good friend. And if I had to describe him in a few different ways, I'm not sure how I would do it. I, I guess I would have said he was kind of like a brother to me. Uh, maybe he was kind of like a really close coworker because we, we just worked, we, we spent a lot of time working together in ministry and doing things like that. He was almost like a fellow soldier, you know, out, out to battle with me to, to get the gospel to people and so on and so forth. He, he was just a really good friend. He was like my brother in arms in a way. Now, as I say that, uh, I think that a lot of you who are listening to me right now, you, you can identify with that in some way. You've had a, a brother in arms or a sister in arms at, at some point in your life. Maybe it was a high school buddy or a college buddy like, like Reed was to me. Uh, maybe you served in the military together and were deployed together or did boot camp together. Uh, maybe it was a relationship that happened later in life. You know, whatever the case is, I'm sure many of you listening to me have, have had some kind of relationship like this where you were a brother or a sister in arms with, 
with one another and just had a really close friendship. And others of you may, might have that right now. I think the reality is that many of you listening, many of us today, uh, we, we hear about relationships like this and we say, man, I, I wish so badly that I had something like that. And maybe you're listening and you're thinking, hey, I have a lot of friends that I'm connected with on social media that I keep in contact with from places I used to live or I used to work, so on and so forth. And uh, and that's all great. Or, or I have a lot of acquaintances at my workplace or at my church and a lot of people that I'm friendly with. I'm, but but maybe, maybe you're in a boat where you're saying, I have a lot of these connections and networks and, and, and kind of loose friendships, but, but I'm not sure I have a relationship like that, a relationship that's that strong where, where we're really carrying out the, the one another's, as we call them sometimes, throughout Scripture, of, of bearing one another's burdens, uh, of of uh, stirring one another on to love and good works, of showing hospitality to one another, so on and so forth. I mean, I, I wish I had a relationship like that. In fact, this is my theory for why I think the sitcom Friends became really popular back in the 90s. Now, many of you have seen this show or are familiar with this show, and as I, as I read the lyrics for you, you you're probably going to be singing along in your head. But I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. And the reason I think this show resonated with so many people is because we all looked on and said, man, I wish I had friendships like that, where we're going to fight together and we're going to argue and disagree. We're we're total opposites, but we're going to be there for each other all along the way and support one another and encourage each other. And and we're going to be there for each other. And I think a lot of us envy those kind of relationships. You know, I was reading this book uh, in the last couple of weeks. The name is Friendish by Kelly Needham. Good book. And really what she argues in the book is that a lot of us have these distant friendships. We have these relationships where we're friendly with people, maybe our coworkers, people at church and so forth. Maybe you're in a club or something like that. Uh, we have a lot. We have this network of people that we're connected with on social media, sometimes hundreds. Some of you might be real popular and have, have thousands of connections on social media. But but all these relationships are friendly and they're and she calls them friendish in her book. And she said, in some ways, we've become a little jaded and, and, and many of us have gotten away from having these real, genuine friendships where we are, as Roman 12, 1 says, we're devoted to one another. Been meditating on that recently. Or we are bearing one another's burdens, as Galatians 6 says. Or we are stirring on one another to love and good deeds, as Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 uh, mentions to us. And so as you're listening, I just want to let you know this, that it is, it is possible for you to find and foster a kind of relationship like this. And today we're going to talk about how you can go about that and why it's so important, because I really do believe this. I really do believe that you will be more successful in every area of your life. If you have someone in your life that you are walking with very intentionally like this and actually carrying out those one another's of Scripture, I believe you're going to be uh, have a closer relationship with Jesus. I believe that, that you're going to have a, a greater impact on the kingdom of heaven and, and the mission of God if you have at least one or two relationships that are just forged like this. I think you're going to be a better boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, father, mother. Uh, I, I think you're going to be a better person at your workplace, more productive, and, and, and be able to grow and learn more if you have someone that is walking through life with you like this and challenging you and inspiring you, and you, you, you're bearing one another's burdens as you go through life. I think you're going to be more successful in every area of your life if you develop a friendship like this. And hey, here's, here's one of these friendships that I want to talk about today. It comes straight from uh, the letter of Philippians that uh, Paul wrote to, to that church that was there. So let me read this text for you. He starts out, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. 
I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, it's like a family relationship he has with Timothy. He has served with me like a, like a strong, close co-worker. He has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things are going with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Now, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the, on the background of this story, but I think it's important for us to learn a little bit. He's, he's talking about how things are going to go with him. So Paul was a missionary and a church planner, very busy guy, uh, uh, traveling the known world, getting the gospel out. And of course, as he is spreading news of the Son of God who rose from the dead and, and, and this gospel message that we talk about, um, the people that were in the Roman government didn't necessarily like that because uh, in Roman culture, they considered Caesar to be the Son of God and the one with the ultimate authority and the one that we should pledge our ultimate devotion to. And Paul is preaching a very different message, right? The message of the gospel that Jesus is the Son of God. And so in this letter, the reason he's writing this letter and he's not able to visit this church in Philippi that he helped launch one day uh, in the past is because he's been placed on house arrest. And so he's stuck in the house. He, in some ways, he might be having to pay his own rent, and, and he's, still, uh, he's, he's still doing ministry work and trying to collaborate with these different churches and, and, and elders that he's established and pastors that he's working with. And so the mission's going on, and the Church of Philippi, one of the churches that he started, heard word of that, and so they wanted to be able to help him in any way they could. So what they did was they took up a collection from their church, and they sent it with one of the representatives in their church to go visit Paul while he's under house arrest. And their intention is that they would send this, this collection, they would send some correspondence with him, and they would send this representative to, to actually help Paul continue in this ministry and, and actually stay with him for a while. And so that didn't quite work out. So here's what happens next in the story. Paul's saying, I, I really want to send Timothy to you, but I need to, I need to really find out what happens with me next, and I'm going to go to trial soon, and so I need Timothy to stay here. So, so here's my other plan. I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus is from Philippi. He's, he's a member of this church of Philippi. He was the representative they chose to take this collection, this money, these funds, to Paul. And then, and then once you get there, stay there with Paul and help him. And Paul says, Epaphroditus, he's, he's like a brother to me. He's like a close co-worker in our ministry in the gospel. He's, he's like a fellow soldier. We fought together. You know, he, he uses these familial terms. Who was also your messenger. He was sent by this church whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. And so, again, I won't spend as little time as possible on the background here, but uh, what we're getting from the story is that Epaphroditus, as he was on his way to deliver these funds and to help out Paul, he actually fell ill, became very sick, almost died, in fact, on the way. And so you get the impression that maybe he had to use up some of the funds for medical bills or lodging and things like that so he could recuperate. And then once he was able to finally get to Paul, uh, he, he wasn't able to assist Paul with the correspondence and ministry work and these kind of things. And Paul was actually taking care of him. And so he, he's a little nervous. He has anxiety that when he goes back to the church of Philippi, they're going to be upset and disappointed at him. And so Paul writes back and says, no, 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 I, I want you to honor guys like this. And he describes him in this way. He says, He's like a brother. He's like a coworker. He's like a fellow soldier. These, these strong terms that he uses to describe his relationship with Epaphroditus. And then these are the kind of relationships that you and I need 
in order to really excel in every area of our life. These, these close forging kind of mutually beneficial friendships. And as you read through the New Testament, you, you come across, again, like I said, these, these commands that are the, like the one another commands. Here's a sampling of some of those, right? It says, teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Bear one another's burdens. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling or really expecting anything in return. It's part of what he means. Confess your sins to one another, not just to God, but confess your sins to one another and forgive one another. Stir up one another to love and good deeds. Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. And be devoted to one another. These are some of the commands that we get throughout the New Testament. And I think it's foolish to read those and expect that this is a shotgun approach. Like, hey, I'm supposed to be devoted to everybody. I'm supposed to be completely hospitable to everybody. I'm supposed to confess my sins to, to everyone. I'm going to f- confess my sins to you and to him and to her, and you're all going to forgive me. And it, I, Number one, that's not realistic. It's not realistic for us to just love everybody to this extent. We just can't do that. We don't have the bandwidth, and that's not realistic. Secondly, when we read this, the expectation is really that, that, we have a, that we have a band of brothers, a band of sisters, that we have a small handful, a small cohort of, of true companions like Paul and Epaphroditus in that relationship, that we have a small number of true friendships in which we are genuinely devoted to one another, in which we are actually able to bear one another's burdens and walk through life together, in which we know each other well enough that we can stir one another on to love and good works. These are the kind of relationships that we're all expected to to pursue and to find. And in many ways, we're not going to have the luxury of waiting around for someone to approach us and establish these. We have to go out there and we have to try and work at these relationships. I'm responsible to make sure that my needs can be met and that I can go and, and seek out these friendships. Paul needed a brother in arms like this. I need a relationship or two like this. And, and you need some relationships like this as well. And I want you to hear that you can find a relationship like this. You can find a Christian brother or sister or, or two or three that can walk through life with you in the same way. You know, what I did this past week is I, I called up a buddy of mine. Uh, I hesitate to use the word friend because we're using friend in this, in this very intentional way, but, but, but he's an acquaintance of mine. And I called him up because I knew that he has two or three relationships like this where they are, they're like accountability partners. They're just really close. And so what I asked him, I said, hey, I, I know that people in the church are going to be listening to this and they're going to be wondering, well, how do I actually form a relationship like that? So, so how did you establish this relationship with these guys that you meet with? And I loved his story. Here's what he told me. He said that one day he was just sipping coffee with two other guys, a coffee shop or something like that. And, and one of the guys just kind of out of the blue, he just, he just opened up. He just kind of opened up the book of his life just a, just a little bit and showed him just a paragraph. He said, you know, there's this thing that I've been really struggling with and thinking about. And I, I just appreciate you guys praying for me and, and, and hearing me out on it. And here's what my buddy did. He, he listened. And then he said, you know what? I, I kind of struggle with the same thing. I've had the same thing on my heart, the same thing on my mind. I tell you what, why don't we meet up again next week and, and we'll just keep talking about it. And of course, it didn't happen overnight, but, but week after week, they continued to meet these three guys. And, and eventually they, they ended up forming a, a very close friendship. And where they're actually, they are carrying out in a very tangible way, the one another's of Scripture. And I want you to know that, that you can establish a relationship like that. And if you're longing for a friendship like that, and I hope you are. I mean, I think all of us are meant to, meant to be in a relationship like this. If you are, I, I want you to know that you can do this. And I just want to encourage you to try it one time. Just try it one time. Just, just think of someone that 
you can invite to hang out. I don't know, invite them to go golf or something. I'm not sure why anybody plays golf. I think it's one of the most boring sports ever invented. But anyway, maybe that's your thing. Maybe you want to play some golf together. Josiah is watching me, and apparently he's, apparently he's a fan of golf. Uh, I think he's in therapy for it, so pray for him. But, but anyway, just, just go hang out with someone. Maybe you want to grab lunch with them together uh, or just go for a walk or something like that. And, 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 and when you're with them, I would encourage you to do this. Just, just, just open up. Just open up the book of your life just a little bit. Show them a paragraph. And I tell you, one of two things will happen. Either, either they're going to listen to you and say, hey, thanks for sharing that with me. I'll certainly be praying for you. And they'll reach over and they'll just they'll close the book. And, you know, I think we've all been in environments like that where we've been kind of frustrated. Man, I opened up and they didn't reciprocate and, and that can be frustrating. We, we have to realize that people are busy. You know, they have families to take care of or, or things at work and, and they're busy. They have other friendships. And so it's not going to work out with everybody. So I, I'd encourage you that if, if it doesn't work out and they reach over and just pray for you and, and then kind of close the book and push it back your way, I just looked up this last week. There are 12.8 million people in Pennsylvania, and you only need like two friends. So I encourage you to just try it again. And, and, and one of these days, I bet you anything, somebody's going to reach over and instead of closing the book, they're going to turn the page and continue the story. And it might be a new chapter of, of a relationship, like a Paul and Epaphroditus, like a Paul and Timothy kind of relationship that you can have with this person. I encourage you to just try it once. And I also want to encourage you, just don't overthink it. You know, don't bust out your calendar and say, oh, man, I got to block off every Monday at six so that I can meet with somebody or oh, I got to buy journals for this person so that we can start a Bible study together. Don't, don't start a Bible study. Just I, I encourage you, don't don't overthink it. Just just try it one time. Just try it one time. And maybe eventually you'll get to the point where you have a relationship where you're devoted to one another. You're stirring on one another to good works and to love and you're bearing one another's burdens. I'd encourage you just to just to try it one time. I don't think the Apostle Paul sat around just praying for a close friendship like Epaphroditus. I think he was out there on mission for the gospel of God. And as he went around, he established these relationships and forged these kinds of friendships with people, mutually beneficial friendships. Now, I want to remind you something as we close up that in just a second here, the screen's going to go black and, and you're going to be really tempted to think that church is over. I just want to remind you that church is not over. In fact, you are the church. And so church is just beginning when the screen goes black. And I want to remind you that, that when the screen goes black, you're not dismissed. Instead, I, I would like to send you. When the screen goes black, you're going to be sent to foster genuine life-on-life friendships with people. You're going to be sent to be devoted to one another, to bear one another's burdens, and to stir one another on to love and good deeds. Today, you are not dismissed. You are sent. Thank you.